This is episode 30 with Debbie Rosemont. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface Podcast. My guest today, Debbie Rosemont, is a certified professional organizer and productivity consultant and founder of Simply Placed, a professional organizing company whose clients include Microsoft, Comcast, Verizon, Wells Fargo, and Costco. In this episode, we talk about how to take control of your digital life to become more productive and less distracted. I asked Debbie for advice on how to deal with digital clutter, best practices for naming and organizing digital files, and digital minimalism, and how can we use this to simplify our online lives? Debbie, welcome. Thank you, Alonzo. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, no, I'm uh, very happy that you're here too, and I'm really excited to talk about uh, this topic, especially since you're an expert in this. And, oh, thank you. And I can't wait to, to learn more. So, you know, before we get started, uh, how do you um, get into becoming a productivity and organi organizational consultant? Yeah, my background is um, education-wise, a degree in psychology. Uh -huh. So I really like to think about how people think and make behavior change and make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so taking that with some experience in human resources, and that's the people side of business. So how do businesses utilize their primary resource, their people, mm -hmm. to help them be more productive? Um, combining that and wanting to start my own business, 16 years ago, I came to found Simply Placed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, something that I want to talk to you about is, uh, for this episode is the digital decluttering, right? Let's really f uh, focus on the digital aspect of productivity. Right. How is digital clutter different than physical clutter, which is also something that you help people with, right? Yeah. Um, can I talk about how I think it's the same first? Oh, that, that, okay. perfect. <laughs> so I think um, clutter, whether it's digital or physical or mental or calendar clutter, it's what gets in our way of having time and space to focus on what's most important to us. Mm -hmm. So it's extra, it's excess, it's unnecessary, it's not valuable. So when I think about that definition, in that way, physical clutter and digital clutter are the same. It's both getting in our way and possibly distracting us from having more time to focus on what matters most. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So how are they different? Um, physical clutter things, items, um, take up physical space. Yes. We are more constrained in our physical space, depending on the size home we have or the you know size office we have as to how much stuff we can have before it's a visible problem. Mm -hmm. Digital clutter doesn't take up that same physical space. So we might not notice it as quickly. Um, it might not be, you know, unless we're getting a message on email or on our computer system saying we're bumping up against storage space with, mm -hmm. you know, digital, yeah. digital storage space, we might not notice it as much. Um, we don't see it as easily. And because of some of the ease of, uh, you know, digital information, um, it, it can be more abundant, the digital clutter, but not cause quite the same problems that it does in the physical space. Uh, going to the idea of the spring cleaning, right? Is mm -hmm. it 
find a time during the year to mm -hmm. decide what what you get rid of. Uh, is do you have anything any anything like that for the digital space where you kind of regroup and you're getting uh, you get your team together and say, okay, let's get let's let's clean up our digital files. Is that something that you do or that you recommend, or is there an approach to make sure that basically? Once you declutter, mm -hmm. you don't end up with all these clutter of files again. Right, right. I think it can be done in two different ways. Mm -hmm. One is a little bit regularly along the way, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you have, uh, for email inbox, for example, yep. you know, some people are going to process to zero every day, yep. right? And they're in that habit. And mm -hmm. for others, um, they don't keep up with it as often. And maybe once a week, they need to kind of clear the decks mm -hmm. um, and deal with what's in their email inbox. Other people, maybe it's once a month and they need a little bit of longer chunk of time to really process through and make sure that things aren't slipping through the cracks yep. and that they get rid of what they don't need and appropriately act on what they do. Um, digital files, you know, same thing. So you could have a monthly relatively short period of time to click through certain folders and get rid of the outdated versions or things that you don't need anymore. Mm. Or you could have a, you know, twice a year longer period of time and do something similar. Either way, you need some sort of trigger to remind you. So whether mm -hmm. it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, is it a, a reminder on your calendar? Is it a, a task in your task management system saying, hey, clean out these digital files? Mm -hmm. um, so You just have to think about, you know, it could take a little bit of time if done very regularly, or maybe you need a bigger chunk of time to clean out if it's going to be done less frequently. Mm -hmm. If you ignore it, then it's just going to build up, right? Now, what would you say to those who say, well, um, search engines, the ones that come in the PC on your phone, mm -hmm. they're so good now mm -hmm. that organizing and decluttering is a waste of time in the digital world because yep. whenever you need something, you can just search it. Yep and find it. What would be your response to, to that person? Yeah, there is a bit of validity to that, that we could be a little less organized with our digital files because of the power of search. Mm -hmm. So I, I give the analogy, you know, if you had a uh, hundred pieces of paper yeah. and I threw them on, you know, a, a table nearby and I said, Alonzo, find the, find the page that says 53 on it. And they weren't in any order. You'd have to search through them and maybe the 53 was on the bottom, right? Yeah. So you have to touch a hundred pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. If Instead, you know, I had them in file drawers and they were, you know, four drawers and labeled one through 25, 26 through, you know, 50, 51, etc. right? And then I say file 53 or find 53, then you'd know, oh, it's third drawer down, third, you know, third mm -hmm. file back. It'd be really quick to find. Digitally, it's quick to find no matter how they're organized because you just type in a 53 if that's what you're mm -hmm. looking for and it's going to come up quickly. Um, so there is some validity to the argument that we could be a little less organized or less granularly organized. Um, if we have a hundred bits of information and we're going to search to find something, it's it's pretty quick and easy. Now, it's when that really starts to add up and you know, many people have Um, much more than a hundred bits of information, yeah. right? It takes up space. It can cause our computers to crash or mm. not work as quickly as they, they can. And search um, is as good as the user. Um, <laughs> you know, if you know how to search and if you, um, if that's a skill that you have learned and it, it can be learned. Um, also as good as you have been naming your files in the past, that too, right? That too. Yeah, that too. Or yeah. And, um, so being consistent with file naming can help 
can help search and can help find things. But, um, you know, we can be a little less granularly organized. We might not need the same file folder structure that we might with physical paper files because we can search, but yet we still need to have some best practices in place. Now, there is this thing that is kind of interesting in the digital world, right? You can delete Mm-hmm. Or you can archive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you choose when you're looking at something that you don't think you need? Do yeah. I permanently delete, delete yeah. it or yeah. do I archive it? And I guess I want to know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so I, I delete things that I just feel very, very confident that I will just never let need go. again. I just let it go. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, often that's um, spam, it's junk, it's, you know, an advertisement, it's something I'm definitely done with or I didn't need to begin with. Um, archive you can archive in an archive folder, like you said. Um, I also consider your archiving information when you're putting it into a file folder that's named, that's a named file folder for mm-hmm. storage. Mm-hmm. You don't think you might, you know, you don't necessarily need to act on it, but you mm-hmm. might need it someday. That's also kind of archiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's getting it out of your inbox. It's saying, this is processed. Like I've made a decision on this and I'm making the decision to keep it handy just in case. Um, and I have access to it and that's different than deleting. And so for some people, it will just be a folder they label archive that I don't know if I'm going to need this or not, but it doesn't hurt to put it in this folder just in case. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Gmail, with Outlook, they also have the delete or archive option for um, email where with a click of a button, you can choose delete or archive and it will, you know, whisk it away into the delete. It'll whisk it away in archive. And with email also, delete isn't actually permanently deleted right away, right? And we might have, yeah. um, so we might have some time to still access what's in there. And if you work for an employer, they might have um, some automated um, timelines around when your deleted is emptied or you might empty your deleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, archived is always there, but it's out of your inbox or it's out of that um, kind of first view. Your filing system too. Yeah. Got it. Now, so now, now that we talked about decluttering, I guess the next the next part is uh, organizing. Right mm-hmm. now, that we got rid of some of the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are the best practices to to keep our digital files organized and easy to find? Yeah, uh, I think you just said that you said easy to find, right? We want to be able to um, quickly access and, and recall information that mm-hmm. we saved in, in order to do so. But we also want um, the act of filing it to be easy as well. Um, mm-hmm. So if we have a really complex digital filing system that, you know, is hundreds of folders, each with subfolders, and, you know, we, you have to take something and drag and drop five levels deep, and then you let go. And sometimes you let go in the wrong place and it ends up in the wrong folder. That's complicated. And, you know, a lot of people are just not going to bother filing. Yeah. They're going to leave it all in an inbox yeah. or, or, you know, have it be less organized. So I think best practices around digital organization organization is having what you need. Again, mm-hmm. that's a minimalist theory, right? Mm-hmm. We just want to have just enough. I mm-hmm. think about what are the big buckets of your life or your work that you would want to separate information into. So, you know, if you're if you're personally thinking about digitally filing, you might have, you know, family and home records separate from business records, mm. right? I mean, that would be one level of yeah. separation. And then under the family and home, maybe you have things that are related to family finances and taxes. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you own a home, it's related to your home and your your assets, your your car and, and you know whatever. And then if you have children, then you might have some file folders for each of those um, children or pets, right? So if you think about the the home and the personal side, you start to go one level 
um, uh, more specific by having some um, additional file folders. Mm -hmm. And then underneath those, you know, if, for example, you have kids and you have the name of one of your children, then maybe you have school records and medical records underneath that child, Mm. right? So we start very, very broad. We think, you know, is this personal? Is this business? And Mm -hmm. this is just an example I'm using. And then we get more specific. So under the business, you know, you might have the different aspects of business. And if Mm -hmm. you're self-employed, then you probably have things like marketing and sales and operations and Mm -hmm. product or services. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and then under that, you're going to have specifics again. So it's thinking very broad and then getting more specific. And Mm -hmm. the analogy I like to use is like a tree, right? Mm -hmm. You have a big trunk and then off that trunk, you have these thicker branches and off the thicker branches you have thinner branches and then you have leaves yeah so you can really create in fact i've had some people kind of mind map in that way Mm. a filing system a digital filing system now on the topic of file naming strategy yeah uh, how do you approach naming files versus folders? Okay, for, for example. files versus folders. Yeah, good, um, good example uh, to differentiate between yeah. files versus folders. I think files. It's helpful to name them well, e- either with some consistency. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. Be consistent, consistent. as yeah. If you choose a file naming system, then apply it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think it's more important to apply a file naming system. Um, consistently than a folder naming system consistently. Folders can be more topic-based, right? So like I was saying before, you know, maybe it has to do with the house and then maybe in the house it's um, home maintenance and home improvements and, you know, property taxes. With um, the individual file documents then, I, there are, you know, lots of recommended naming convention suggestions, but I personally like one that includes a date, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's backwards or more European mm-hmm. um, than the way that Americans might write a date in that it's the year first. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you were to title something today that you created today, then it would be tw- 2019, so 2019, and then the month, so 03, and then mm-hmm. the date, 31. Um, mm-hmm. And so the the year, the month, the date. And when you start your documents or your files with that first, it keeps things in chronological order easily, yeah. right? Because you're going to be consistent with um, that date. Okay. Um, and then you would do, you know, what is the document? So the name of the document. Um, that helps in that if you have more than one version of that document too, you will see the more current one first. Makes sense? Yeah. One thing that always caught my attention was, you know, I'm, I'm looking online trying to become better at naming my files. And yeah. I did come across the, the, the date at yeah. the beginning, yeah. right? But there is something, and even though I use it, <laughs> I always want, I, I wonder a couple of times, why are we putting a date mm-hmm. when most filing systems capture the, I guess, the date created yeah. and the last modify. Right. And you could technically sort by that. You can. Yet today, I would say 99% of the filing name best practices online and mm-hmm. from consultants or who knows, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. tell you, use the day at the beginning. Yeah. Why? Well, one, it, it does, like I said, it just helps you uh, visually organize. And you yes, you can sort by those columns. You exactly. can sort by date created or date modified. But I think visually it just helps. Mm, um, okay. 
and then the other thing is, you know, the, the date that you choose for the naming convention, I'll um, choose, for example, if I'm going to create a PowerPoint for a client presentation I'm doing yep. on April 15th, mm. then I will say 2019-0415, I will call it that now, even though that's not today's date. Bingo. Right? And if I modify it afterwards, I might not change that date because the presentation was that date and that's what I might recall. So it might, you know, when you choose the date, it doesn't necessarily have to be the date you created it or the date you've modified it. It -hmm. could be a date that has more meaning than that. So Mm, I love it. I think you nailed that question mark in my head. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The the other thing is... uh, What's your opinion on using hyphens and underscores mm-hmm. for, for file names? Yep. Most filing systems, uh, as far as I know, like let's say Google Docs mm-hmm. or like a Windows, Mac, mm-hmm. Dropbox, they, they all support spaces yep. in the names, yep. right? Yeah. Why, why are most, uh, I guess, best practices to continue to include um, the hyphens and the Underscores and do you even recommend those? Yeah, um, so you're right. Most most platforms um, and operating systems do support spaces, but some still don't. Um, so, for example, if you're naming something for the web, yes. um, it will put the percent sign and yes. a twenty where it sees a space, and that could be confusing. Or yes. it can, you know. So the the idea of using an underscore or a hyphen is that your name would work across. Any platform that, you know, even web-based, it'll it'll see the dash or the, the underscore. Mm, so that if you were to pull that from your PC into a filing system that doesn't support it, correct. it's already prepped. Correct, correct. I love so okay. that's, that's the argument for just, even though, you know, the system that you primarily are using may uh, tolerate and recognize spaces, some some may not. So there's that, you know, well, let's just let's just go to the lowest common denominator and say, well, if we use hyphens or spaces, it'll always work. Well, uh, David, this, this is fantastic. Before uh, we move into the series of rapid fire questions to learn how a little bit about how you work behind okay. the scenes, yeah. um, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about w- what you do? Yeah, so um, our, our website is www.itssimplyplaced.com mm-hmm. um, and all kinds of resources and information there. So certainly invite listeners to check out the website and then we are on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn, Debbie Rosemont, Simply Placed. Um, Instagram is Simply Placed. Twitter, Simply Placed, and Facebook, our business page also at Simply Placed. So easy easy to find us. Fantastic. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, what's, what's your morning routine like? Oh, morning routine. I'm an early riser. Uh-huh. Uh, it's part of, you know, kind of how I make sure to get something done first before the day gets away from me. So what time do you wake up? I wake up usually between 5 and 5.30. All right. Uh, right. Depending on what time I, I get uh-huh. to bed. And I do really have a morning routine. So it includes exercise. Mm-hmm. It includes coffee. It includes some meditation, mm-hmm. um, some journaling, and some reading. Mm-hmm. And and I like to do all those things before anything else distracts me. So that's that's how I start my day. Do you use any music or apps for meditation or just silence? I do use an app. Uh-huh. So um, there are lots out there, but um, Headspace is the Headspace? one that I use. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, one word that best describes how you work. Oh, um, consistently. Uh, current computer. 
Current computer, I have I have a Surface for when I travel, uh-huh. um, and then I have a, a Dell um, laptop, mm-hmm. um, and there are actually two computers in my office, so I have a desktop as well. But that's myself and my assistant are, are in there, and mm-hmm. um, when when she's not there, sometimes I'll jump over to the desktop. Also, just has a bigger monitor. Yeah, mobile device, uh, Android. Uh, any apps or tools you can't live without? Outlook. Outlook. Yep, I'm again a more, more of a PC, mm-hmm. um, and so Outlook has been a tool I've used for forever. Um, I do really like Headspace. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the the to do app um, on my phone syncs with Outlook tasks, mm. so that's one that I use all the time. Um, we use Insightly CRM, so I'm in that app every single day. Um, uh, OneDrive, mm. you know, just for cloud based things that mm-hmm. you know I want to have uh, files in the cloud. Those are probably the the main ones. Usually, top of mind is what matters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what everyday thing are you really good or better than everyone else? Oh, my superpower. So yes. <laughs> I have two. Okay. One that has absolutely nothing to do with the work that I do. Uh-huh. And that is I have a, a very, very keen sense of smell. Ooh. That can be a blessing or a curse. Okay. <laughs> but I've been told I can smell things far before other people. So that's okay. that's one. My, my kids tell me I have a nuclear nose. Um, and then the second, I was actually just told this by a client. And it's, it's super sweet. But she said, you have a superpower for um, offering practical advice that's super yes. simple. Yes. and easy for people to implement. Amen and, to that, based on the uh, conversation we just yeah. had. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought, well, that's so that's so nice. And I don't think about it, but I do, I do try. I do try to help keep things simple for clients so that they can make a change, so that, you know, they can... I, I think we can do small things that make a big impact. Yes. What's your workspace set up like? Uh, so primary workspace is a home office. Um, uh-huh. we, we've got a team of, there's eight of us, but we all work virtually, which is oh, really nice. nice. Yeah. So um, in, in our home office, there are two workspaces. I mentioned um, Marilyn, my assistant comes in. And so the two of us work there. We each have our own desk. Um, I have a laptop on mine. She's got a desktop on hers. We have pretty minimalist uh, approaches to our, you know, what we keep on the desk because there's not a lot we need. A lot we do is paperless, mm-hmm. which is nice, but we do have filing cabinets in the office as well and a bookshelf with books and binders and that sort of thing do you listen to anything while you're at work um so sometimes i'll listen to uh music that doesn't have words so Mm -hmm. just instrumental Mm -hmm. um so pandora i have an instrumental chill um Mm -hmm. sound or playlist um and spotify and the same thing i have just some mellow music yeah so sometimes i will do that but most often i prefer to work when it's quiet or just in communication with team members um what are you currently reading or listening to I listen to a ton of podcasts. Mm, Okay. Um, So often when I drive, I'm listening to a podcast or when I'm walking, um, Mm -hmm. I'll listen to a podcast and I have a wide variety from, you know, business related, a lot of health related podcasts Um, and reading. I just started a new book. It's called The Storyteller's Secret and that's fiction. It's just a novel. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm in a book group, which helps push me to read something I might not have chosen otherwise and have a deadline for a book. So keep reading regularly. <laughs> If I ask you what, what are your top three podcasts that come to mind? Um, so right, I've been listening to Rachel Hollis a uh-huh. lot. I don't know if you've heard of her, no. but just kind of a um, you know a women empowerment, okay. self confidence, self development. Uh-huh. Um, 
I also like, uh, I've been listening to Brian Buffini. So mm -hmm. that's, um, he primarily speaks to realtors and that's not my industry mm -hmm. at all, but a realtor friend of mine turned me on. Again, it's a lot around self-development, professional development, mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so those are two that I listen to often. Um, and, and there's a few health related ones just mm -hmm. on, on various, you know, I, I like to learn about, you know, yeah. what, what is it with this keto craze and what is it, with, you know, intermittent fasting. And so there's yeah. a few that I listen to that just talk about, you know, what's going on in health and mm -hmm. health and wellness. Um, what's your sleep routine like? I try to get to bed by 10 um, okay. because I get up at five or five thirty. you know, about seven hours of sleep feels okay. just right to me a little longer on the weekends. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't get up at five or five thirty on the weekends, but I'm usually up by seven. Um, so try and get to bed by 10. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Oh, that's all, actually also something that I love to help other people with. So I just try and, you know, take, take my own advice and overwhelm. I think that the, the best cure to it is to take a deep breath, take a moment and kind of plan something out. Like take it, whatever's feeling overwhelming mm -hmm. and big and unmanageable mm -hmm. and break it into pieces to say, okay, I might be overwhelmed by this end result I'm trying to get to, but what's just the first step I need to take? And, mm. and that by itself might not feel overwhelming, right? So I think we can break things apart mm -hmm. so that we don't feel overwhelmed um, and focus Um, various things. I use a timer when I work sometimes. Mm. Um, so I'll have a timer on my desk and say, okay, just focus for 25 minutes and then take a break, right? Um, so I'll set the timer and that will help me stay on track. Mm -hmm. um, again, setting some sort of reward or incentive up to, hey, if you stay focused on this, then you can do that. Mm. Um, that helps a lot too. All right, all right. In the last three years, what have you become better at saying no to? Oh, Um, I, I've been doing a much better job in the last few years around, um, boundaries worth working on the weekend and the mm -hmm. evening. So, um, I've also been doing a better job of saying no or not saying yes so quickly to volunteer opportunities that I haven't thought through. Yeah. Um, so I used to say yes all the time and very mm -hmm. quickly. And now I think through whether or not that's something I want and am, am able to do. What's something that most people don't know about you? Oh, we already talked about the sense of smell. So now everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, when I was 10 years old, our family was uh, caught in the um, explosion of Mount St. Helens. And we were stranded um, in the middle of Washington for about a week. Oh, wow. Because of all the ash and um, the yard yeah, got in the transmission and we weren't able to, uh -huh. to get back home for a week. So I got to sleep on a gym floor for a week. And oh, wow. Experienced quite an adventure. <laughs> Not many people know that. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, last question. Yeah. And you can take your time for this one. Okay. Um, if today was your last day on earth oh, and everything you've created was all to disappear, but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three truths about life, what would those be? Wow. That's a, that's a big one. Um, I think I would leave my family with the truth that they are loved and incredible people. Um, I, I think I would leave anybody who would care to listen with the truth that we live our best lives when we are just being ourselves that, you know, that there's a quote, I think it says, you know, don't, don't try and 
uh, or just be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that too, the, the idea, and this is what I'm so passionate, why I'm so passionate about the work I do take time for what's important, you know, and, and this is a, you're asking a mortality question, right? If this were the last day on, on the earth, but we never know when our last day is really. Mm-hmm. So, um, take time for what really matters to you. Um, uh, make sure that you're living life with, with passion and that you have time to spend with your kids. If you have children or on hobbies, if that's, what's important to you. Um, and this is why I, I love the work I do. If I can help people figure out how to work smarter, not harder and have more time for what matters, life is much better. So those would be the three truths. Well, that was pretty good. <laughs> thank you. That's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I, you, you're really good at this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, having, uh, making time for coming to the podcast yeah. and sharing what you know with, with me and my listeners. I appreciate it. Thank my you pleasure. so much. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. And that was my interview with Debbie Rosemont. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access this episode's notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP030. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP030. Finally, if you enjoy listening to this interview, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.